Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey, this is TV personality Eric Bowling and NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre. We're coming together for a new weekly podcast. Everyone, you got to subscribe. Bowling with Favre from politics, sports, finance, culture, nothing off the tables, maybe even a Kardashian comment. <laughs> One of the disappointing things of the whole Trump administration was when he left office and pardoned 143 people, the Tiger King didn't get a pardon. I mean, are you kidding me? I, I watched one episode, by the way. He was a good guy. He just, was he, though? I don't know. I liked him a lot more than Carol Baskin. <laughs> Get new shows every week from Podcast One and LiveByLive.com. Old friends, great stories, intriguing conversation on Bowling with Far. We may talk a little hunting. That's your neck of the woods, Brad. And, bi- and biking. And biking and hiking. So subscribe now on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, LiveByLive.com, and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Well, in this show, we talk, uh, we hit a lot of subjects. Talk about the new uh, electric uh, Ford F-150. We talk about the Bronco Warthog. The, the big Ole Bronco new coming Z. up for auction. Yeah, the Parnelli Jones. And we get into my uh, Porsche Cup car in an upcoming race. I'm going to be taking it out on. All that. And then there's Dodge. Yeah, you know, Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com to schedule a test drive. Got to get on a choice. We've got a minute to get it on. And welcome to CarCast, Matt and Coral. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. How you doing? Over there, doing well, running around, getting the uh, Porsche Cup car prepped to take out to Willow Springs. Yeah, doing the show with Netflix. Netflix show. Yeah. Yeah. I... Don't know what we're supposed to say or not supposed to say or what you're going up against or whatever, but it seems like it's going to be kind of cool. A little odd that it's on the the little horse trail thing, the horse thief track, not yeah. like streets of Willow. So, yeah. um, but look, an opportunity to get the uh, get the GT three, yeah, out there. Yeah, what other. Like, did you have it in your head when when else you would drive it after buying it? Because well, we thought maybe Ren Sport. Oh, yeah. And I think technically Rensport was supposed to happen this year in 2021, but I don't know if it's happening. Yeah, I don't know if it's happening. Uh, we had an event that we wanted to take it out to um, Laguna Seca with that got canceled, I think. Uh, yeah, there was. Year. But I can't remember what it was. But um, it, it was kind of like, um, you know, when Monterey was, was canceled and uh, they said, well, we're going to do sort of our own version. Mm hmm. You know, we're going to have run groups and everything, but it's just a, a track day. So what it was basically like Monterey, but you didn't have to apply and send your car in. Maybe, you know, cross your fingers and hopefully you get selected. You can kind of bring something uh, like whatever you wanted. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I got probably a thousand laps on the uh, streets of Willow because that's where all the driving courses took place for the uh, Toyota Grand Prix. So I got a lot of laps there. And then I got a lot of laps on the big willow track because of that Trans Am race we did. 
Uh, but I have none on the horse trail, so or whatever it's called. Yeah. <clears throat> so I have no idea what that track's like. So I'll have to go figure it out. When you know, we get I, there. and I I was on it, but it was it was a while ago, and I don't even really remember it. I just remember it being. I think we were on streets of Willow, and they said, "Hey, does anybody want to go up there?" Uh, I think we were driving the Lexus LFA. Mm. Um, that was the day that. Uh, uh, Paul Walker came out and drove mm-hmm. with us. He and I were out there driving a couple of LFAs. <clears throat> and uh, we did a few laps up on that, uh, the the Horse Thief Mile. And then we're like, yeah, let's go to the streets. <laughs> and uh, they let us do it that way. Yeah, it's a small track, so I hear. But um, I don't know. I have no idea what to expect, but I'll go uh, figure it out. Oh, there's the Horse Thief uh, Mile. Okay. Yeah. Well, of, we're looking at of- it. Quite a bit, of, quite a few turns as well. Quite a few turns for a, a mile long track. Yeah, I just remember it feeling small. Yeah, I think it it probably does, especially yeah. compared to. I think um, Laguna Seca is like two point two eight or something. You know, two point three miles or yeah. something. So less than half of uh, Laguna Seca. All right, so uh, lots of stuff going on. There was an auction. There was some uh, cars sold. There were some pretty expensive. Car sold. There was the uh, L eighty eight vet that went for about two seven. Um, there was, um, I think, some Cobras sold. I didn't get all the uh, final prices for everything, but uh, there's definitely been some uh, auction action going on. Uh, also, I'm looking at a rundown sheet. Parnelli Jones is a Baja winning big Ole. Yeah, Broncos headed to auction. I don't know what auction that's. Uh, that's going to, to uh, Meekum and Indy. And uh, I, I don't recall if it's been sold once before, um, but uh, you know the history on this was you know the builder of the vehicle and his co-driver um, kind of was like edging Pernelli Jones, going ah you're not you know you're too scared to go off road and you don't want to do it, and then finally he's like all right enough's enough let's do it, and then they had a couple outings um, and uh, resulted in in some broken vehicles. But uh, then ended up winning, I think, back-to-back Baja 1000s. I think 71 and 72. Mm-hmm. They went back-to-back ones. And, uh, of course, the truck looks cool. It looks kind of interesting because it has sort of this wing up on the top. And mm-hmm. the way they skirted the rules was the ring, the, the wing is the roof. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you got you know, you to have a roof or whatever, and, they, mm-hmm. and you can't have a wing or something. And they're like, well, we just shaped the roof a certain way. And, Got away with it, right? But the question is, do you think this is going to be the first million dollar Bronco? Oh, I look. Um, we all know that rally cars have gone up a lot. Yeah. So there was kind of a, you know, it started with street cars, and you know, um, Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and you know. Um, Ferraris, Mercedes, Goldwings, and Duesenbergs, and stuff like that. And then it kind of trickled into race cars, but it was like kind of European race cars, international, Le Mans kind of race cars. Then it kind of trickled into all race cars, Nissans, and anything anything else that had, had some uh, history. And then it bled into rally cars, like 80s Group 5, I think, uh, rally cars, and because people didn't, you know, people kind of went, I think the uh, progression was sort of like 
They're kind of like Leno. Like, I want a car I can drive on the street. I want a car I can take to cars and coffee or go on street rallies with and stuff like that. Then it kind of got into, well, you know, uh, Lamaze, a public street, you know, most days out of the year, a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's paved, it's asphalt. Then it got into, well, it's not paved, but it's a kind of a road, a street with the rally cars. And mm-hmm. now it's just going into the desert. So I think it is a logical progression. Yeah. And I think, I think that that thing is iconic and it looks really cool. And I, I think it's going to be worth a million bucks. I think so too. It's going to go to Meekum at Indy, um, and uh, you know when it was made, it, it, not a lot of Bronco there. Obviously, it's tube frame chassis. The, the body was fiberglass and aluminum. Um, it had a uh, it had a three fifty one Windsor V eight in it. Put out yeah, just about four hundred horsepower, um, and. I read that it weighed about 2,600 pounds, like a little over 2,600 pounds. Light. So it seemed fairly light for, you know, whatever, 400 horsepower. Um, but, uh, yeah, so now you're you're going – it's going to be May 14 through 22 is uh, Mecham Indy. And you're, you're kind of one of the more famous, if not the most famous, uh, you know, Baja 1000 vehicles. Um, and I say that as somebody who doesn't really follow it that much. I'm sure there's some pretty iconic vehicles that are out there, mm-hmm. but nothing that sort of like reached out to the, you know. Yeah, that car they made models of or on posters. Yeah, right. And, and, and uh, it's there's pretty, been replicas. There's been a few it's, it's pretty, pretty high-end replicas. pretty iconic also. Um, yeah, I mean, this, I don't know. The second most fav- famous ones are probably BRE Baja cars, 510s and Zs and, and that kind of stuff. I, for us, <laughs> yes. I, I feel like there's probably some some yeah. really iconic well, vehicles that I we don't, don't know. I, I don't know that any of the buggies need apply. You know, I don't know that the, the trophy yeah. trucks are too new in a, in a way – I I feel yeah. like I, look if one was dominant and it won five times or something, there's definitely some some value there. Somewhere they're sitting the best Baja buggy ever, the best Baja motorcycle ever, and yeah, you know, I, uh, and, and certainly worth something. Yeah, but I, here's my head on that stuff. Um, back in the day, people would run all kinds of different stuff there, you know, and. Then, and, and the same in the race car world, you know, you had a, a Porsche 917 and a Ferrari, God, what was the Ferrari, the 330 or something like that, or, you know, or, or LM or, or what, whatever the 70s stuff, you know, it was, they were, they were vastly, you know, so if you, if you kind of get back to Le Mans, you take a look at a Ford gt40 and you take a look at what uh ferrari was offering at that point you take a look at what porsche was offering at that point they're just vastly different Mm -hmm. and so you know i think the reason a ferrari gto is worth so much is because there wasn't a whole bunch of versions of that car on on both sides later on as the stuff got a little more rigid and the buggies were just the buggies you know they had the same Mm-hmm. manufacturer for the chassis that the same yeah. power plant you know that the same body work a lot of restrictions on tire size and you couldn't tell one from the other right and you know same with the 
probably the trophy trucks as well in many other categories in, in Baja. So now you got a bunch of the same examples. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of those Bronco Big Ole trucks right, out there. Yeah. You know, you know the, the, the decals are vinyl. They're all on the same body. <laughs> You know, one's Monster Energy Drink and the other's Rockstar Energy Drink. But it just doesn't give you that kind of... Now, you can still have the history. Mm-hmm. You could have great history. You could have the buggy that won five times. But it still looks the same as the other buggy that's next to it that broke down and never completed it. And I think... Right. So I Big think Ole, the dif- look of Big Ole really makes a big difference. The wing, which was edgy and controversial at the time as a roof, that that's obviously a big... Yeah, but even you know, even when you go back to two point five Trans Am or B sedan, you know the kind of groups I like. You got a five ten, then you got the Alphas over here. You got some Porsches over there. Mm -hmm. You have a totally, you know, you 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 have a totally different look for each vehicle. Yeah, you know, and so what would it be? What would the value of a BRE five ten be if they're all just five tens? In the race, yeah, you know, yeah. slightly different liveries, but just the same car. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that kind of distinction, you know, when you see horse quack and he's in his alpha GTA and he's going at it with John Morton and his 510, they're totally different looking cars doing the same thing on the same track at almost exactly the same speed. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I think that's what people like later on when you get into like Lamar and they got the LMP cars and they're all just the same car. Yeah. I think that I think that kind of hurts the hobby a little bit yeah. or the collectability of it. I mean, NASCAR, right? The stock cars are kind of that obviously that that went the same direction and arguably, right. you know, drag racing as well, NHRA, like a lot of the funny cars are all well, pretty thanks, much the same. <laughs> thanks for making my point, which is NASCAR is kind of the last segment of the car collecting world yeah. that really hasn't gone up in value yeah because they're 40 cars that are the look almost exactly the same right you now you have to go back to you know dale earnhardt senior cars and petty cars and right and and now those do have value and, yeah and those are probably starting yeah to those go are those are starting to move so it, it'll be interesting years from now to see have the history, but it, it, again, it's it's history that's sort of combined with the design and the aesthetic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I don't I don't think the Porsche nine seventeen would be forty million bucks if they're all just nine seventeens <laughs> out there from different car companies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I I think I think Big Ole has the right recipe of you know with Parnelli Jones as a driver, some unique to the vehicle a two-time winner mm-hmm. and uh and all of the uh, new bronco stuff coming out all yeah. the attention it's getting well, yeah speaking of that the warthog yeah yeah i think i think the big only gets a million bucks i think it gets a million bucks yeah so warthog is uh there's been some spy photos coming out of, of the vehicle being tested uh you know Ford's all in on the new Bronco. What's cool about it is it's so modular. Everything comes off on that thing. Every body panel, fender, you know, uh, so you'll be able to modify it however you want. But, of course, uh, Ford wants 
uh, some of that market as well. So they basically took the recipe that's been so successful with Ford Raptor and Ranger Raptor and other parts of the world, and they've come up with which would be a Raptor version, but they're calling it the Bronco Warthog. It's got the beefed up suspension coilovers, uh, beefed up coilovers, control arms and stuff, I believe, similar if not the same as the Ranger Raptor. And it's the big off-roady, tougher version of the Bronco. And it looks kind of badass if you're going to go out there and, and, and use it the way it is intended. Now, the rumor is it'll have the 3-liter EcoBoost engine out of the Ford Explorer ST, sort of the hotter, sportier version, which is 400 horsepower. Mm. Um, so that's not bad. And that's 400 horsepower before you breathe on it. Right. Right. And. That's the whole point of the Bronco is to do as many modifications as you want and personalize the way you want. So, of course, anybody that's going to take it out there is going to breathe on a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I bet that thing I bet that thing is badass at 450 horsepower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the current Raptor is about 450 horsepower with the EcoBoost engine, the 3.5. And uh, that thing's a blast. Yeah. And I guess it'll be considerably lighter. I mean, I would I would assume. I believe so. If they offer it in the two door and the four door versions, then yeah. Uh, some spy picks in the new uh, Z car that are out there. Yes, you know when when we went to Tennessee, we went to Tennessee, and you did the virtual debut of that vehicle, and then we were able to go and see it in person here. And mm-hmm. uh, when we debuted it. In Tennessee, it was on the Jumbotron. It was so bright. That yellow just really, really got bright um, and kind of washed things out. Um, But I don't know where this is exactly, if this is in a loading dock somewhere or an assembly plant. Um, But uh, we've got a few Zs, and uh, there's a gray one and a silver one. It looks to be as close to the actual Z Proto as yeah. possible. But when you look at that front, a lot of people are talking about the grill. The grill is huge. It's black. What's going on? They've added some chrome trim mm-hmm. to the oval shape, sort of the honeycomb oval shape-ish portion of the upper part of the grill. And it does make it seem a little smaller. Yeah. And it gives it a little more definition. And mm-hmm. now it has sort of an upper and lower front grill. And right. That's one of the things that that we thought was changed. And of course, a lot of comments on the interior because there is an automatic shifter on there. But the one that we saw was a manual. Mm -hmm. And Nissan tells us that it will be available as a manual. Yeah. Um, But so here's a little video. You can see there's a Z on the side that somebody put black tape over. There's a Z on the front that somebody put black tape over or whatever, the Nissan logo. Yeah. Um, But it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. It, you know it'll work, and people will definitely order it with a stick. That's so, for sure. Your thoughts on this, though, because the the naming has always been the size of the engine. Mm-hmm. But this could be called a 400Z. 240Z, 260-280, yeah. 300, 3-liter. 370, right? Is it three, I think it's 3.7 in that one. Yeah, I think there's a 3.7. Well, this could be a 400Z, but not from a 4-liter, but because it's the horsepower now. I might go back oh. to like a 3-liter or 3-point-something-liter, the Infinity you know, engine that's 400 horsepower. Sorry, but I was looking up um, <laughs> on Bring a Trailer about a 370 Pete Brock's 370Z yeah. that sold. And I think it. I think I read 3.9. It's just a weird 
memory, I'm but that sure that probably right. wasn't that wouldn't make sense. But I just had a flash of three point nine. Could have been me. Could have been a typo. Who the hell knows? But uh, we can check the Max Pad Paddock and double check that. Yeah, that's going to be. It's an, a three point seven uh, liter V six currently. It is three thirty two horsepower. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm wrong. Horsepower. Well, bad memory. All right, so uh, that's uh, that car, and uh, I don't know when that thing is debuting. I don't know are people putting in orders now. I I I don't know. Um, I think it's still a ways out. Although it looks like there's some made. I don't know if that means it's going to do more auto shows or some sort of rounds, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, maybe some dealer showings to to get interest and get some orders in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't have an exact date on that. Um, but I. I I want to say probably end of the year. Okay. Uh, there's also uh, some spy picks, a new uh, electronic uh, Ford F-150, and it has an independent rear. Yeah, so is this nice. is what kind of interesting is not just not just coil springs in the back. It's got an independent rear. And the reason why is there's an electric motor in the back of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And instead of having it, the electric motor on a live axle, it uh, it's fixed mounted, right? So now it's attached to the chassis, and it has an independent rear with coil springs. So you can see the sort of electric motor housing pumpkin mm-hmm. with half shafts coming off of it. Now, mm-hmm. what does this do to tow rating and load capability? Are they going to add airbags to it so you can adjust the load capability? Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure, but. To me, that says it's going to be the smoothest driving, nicest driving F-150 available, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because once you start getting into that, probably the best handling, probably the smoothest driving um, uh, v- version of it. So you can see it was kind of this cutout of the photo. You can see there's a, there's a spare tire, but then you see a coil spring. It looks like an entire coil over, and there's a half shaft. And then the entire pumpkin, which is huge— you know, that center section is fixed and there's an electric motor in there. I, the, I imagine and, an electric and, motor in the front as well. And the electric motor's driving the half shafts. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's kind of I mean, cool. It seems pretty basic. Yeah. Like you have a drive shaft that people started calling propeller shaft for a while. Bothered me. <laughs> now it's a drive shaft again, I think. But you have the drive shaft driving the diff normally. So where would you put the mo- motor? Well, you could put it in the drive shaft, but why not just put it in the diff? Yeah. Uh, I guess. I mean, that's my kind of layman's take on it. So that's good. I I assume there's a similar setup in the front, Mm -hmm. and it can have some sort of all-wheel drive mode. Um, Hey, Max Bata, did you... Let's see. There were some high-dollar cars going off, I guess, at Meekum last week. Um, They had a couple vets that went for a lot. I mean, uh, the L88... I think 67 vet, one for 2.7. I, I guess it, they only made 20 of them. That's like the last one with the numbers matching block. So I heard. And it was um, the old body style. I think when people picture the L88 big block vets, they picture the newer body style, not the older school body style. And this was yeah. in the older school one. And I think that's why it went for uh, so much. Max Pata has uh, some of the cars up there. Yeah, the L88 Vet went for 2.695. I'll just call it 2.7. Ferrari uh, F12 DF uh, went for um, 
eight hundred grand and another Ferrari and uh, the Saline Twin Turbo, uh, yeah. Saline. I should say yeah, S seven or six hundred six six hundred. I I feel like that's right. I, you know, I feel like that's on on par with what those are going for. A seventy three Porsche RS went for almost five hundred. Yeah, they sold uh, the market is uh, the market is pretty strong. Although those Porsche RS two point seven, the the one that went for four ninety five, those things were knocking on the door of a million bucks about five years ago. And uh and uh the big block uh Ford Boss Mustang four twenty nine. Now I, if I recall years ago, those jumped. Those are jumped to the four five hundred range, I believe, and then they 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 settled a bit. This feels like that that number is creeping back up. The big block the the boss Mustang Boss four twenty nines hopped a lot a few years ago. I don't think they got to five. They hopped up to like high threes, low fours, and then they kind of settled back down into the twos and threes, I guess, and they're starting to move again. Yeah. That's my recollection. Yeah. And look, looking at uh, Hammer Time, at Hammer Price, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that, uh, yeah, some of them um, in, in 2017, we were seeing some in about $350,000 range. Mm-hmm. Um, in in sixteen they were down to two sixteen and then at eighteen twenty eighteen we've got one for four and a quarter. Yeah, uh, I don't think they got up to five. They just got up into the low fours, I yeah. think, and then um, they settled down, and now they're they're heading back up again. There's another one for four hundred. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they got. I just don't think they got much not, past not four. Quite, not quite five. Oh, in twenty sixteen there was one for five fifty at Barrett Jackson. Hmm. I wonder uh, that. Wonder if that one had a special story. Let me see uh, to it. I I don't see any information in here on it. All right. Well, let's yeah, move it's on. Kind of interesting. Audi says uh, they got uh, no plans to continue making internal combustion engines. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. So Audi says uh, we're not going to do development on new internal combustion engines. EV is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Mercedes said, "Yeah, that's our plan as well," and. Uh, BMW says, mm, "Yeah, we're we're not throwing in the towel yet." Well, <laughs> you know, there's a strategy. I think there's two strategies. You know, there's w- one strategy is let's get out front of the curve and the technology and get all electrified as fast as we can, and that you know that makes sense. But if you're a European car manufacturer like BMW is, and all your counterparts are going full like. When they announce we're going full electric by 2025 or whatever it is, well, now you may be behind the curve on the technology if you're BMW, but you're the only game in town. Yeah. So now if you want something that sounds good when you throw a rev at it, you got to get a BMW. Yeah. You you may have been thinking about an Audi, but now no more. I mean, I I love that idea, but what sort of regulation and, you know, politics are forcing that to happen. And BMW said, hey, Mini, Mini Cooper's going to go electric. And they said, we expect half of our BMW sales to be electric, but we still have an audience for a gas engine vehicle. And we need to be able to, like you're saying, uh, you know, satisfy that customer. Mm-hmm. The, the question I bring up is, and, and I'm not 
as read up on this yet. So I don't know all of the answers for this. But the idea of EV cars is being pushed so hard because it seems like no other real viable option has been presented to lawmakers, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, but we're mining to make batteries. Where are we putting the batteries when they start to, you know, when they don't work anymore? Where are we put that chemical? What are we, how, I mean, at home, a lot of new homes, especially in California and Santa Monica, all new homes have to be solar powered or some amount of solar power. I get that portion, but there's no real infrastructure in many cities and states that, that you know, how are we making power that's not polluting in the air? So my question is, we're forcing EV on some level politically, mm-hmm. but is that worth these huge investments? Uh, because in 10 years from now, we may say, this didn't really do much, <laughs> you know, because now yeah. we're creating, you know, as opposed to some sort of clean burning alternative fuel, like we talked about with Mazda and Porsches developing part of that e-fuel initiative. If they had a clean burning liquid fuel, not only could that help solve the problem, depending on how it's made, I don't know, but also we have an infrastructure of gas stations all over the planet, which could change the pumps to that. So right. I don't know. Maybe the thought is, are we rushing into EV too much? What I mean is, is the car company should embrace it, come up with the hybrids, the EVs. I get that. But the idea of cities, states, entire countries saying EV or nothing. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you're sort of being pragmatic but you're not dealing with aoc and company who just they just go uh, we want electric cars these other cars pollute like they don't really they don't look down the road pardon the pun 10 years and try to figure out where all the heavy metals are going or infrastructure there's it's just political expediency it's like i'm i'm behind electric cars that's that's it at a certain point they would probably want you out of your car altogether. They just want you on some mass public transit, living in some sort of urban inner you know, city kind right. of with a mask on. housing with a mask on. That's <laughs> right. their their plan. They don't they don't really say things like we want no cars or we want to take your guns or we want to do any of that stuff. But the big plan is to get your car, get your gun and get you into some sort of unit in the in the inner city. Yeah. That's that's the plan. I mean, that's their kind of utopia plan. Now, I think if uh, COVID has taught anyone anything, it's like the people that were spread out and not living on top of each other. Right. So it, it's kind of they have to put that one down for a little bit because of COVID, because all the spread was from the people living clustered together in these tight quarters, apartments yeah. Yeah, yeah. in Manhattan and the, the cities and the people out in the neighborhoods and suburbia didn't didn't get hit like they got hit. But. The, the plan is they'd probably like to get you out of your car altogether. I would, I would agree. I think that's that's the thought. Yeah, and look, some of it is, some of it is fine. I mean, it's it's not it's not like the plans are completely flawed. Like, okay, in the future, maybe kids won't own cars. Maybe everyone will just Uber everywhere. You know, yeah, maybe it maybe it'll something cut down on congestion or parking yeah. or whatever. It's like okay. And I, I, I'm fine with that. And I'm not making an argument of of is 
is a internal combustion engine cleaner than EV or not? I'm just saying it seems like a lot of time and money and energy is being forced into EV when I'm not sure all things have been accounted for, right? It's right. just been the option. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, why don't you why don't you hit Dodge and we'll move on to some uh, other car related subjects. Yeah, you know Dodge has officially opened the doors of the new 2021 21 Durango SRT Hellcat. It's the most powerful SUV ever. This is going to be a limited production model. They're going to make about 2000 of these things. So, uh, I think some dealers still have it. You might want to rush out there and take a look, but they also have got their RT, their big V8 version as well. But the uh, the Hellcat version is 710 horsepower. It's got this new aggressive styling and interior with uh, with a driver centric cockpit. And now all buyers will receive a full day of pro instruction at the Bondurant High Performance Driving School, which changed its name to Radford. Radford. That's it. It's I'm oh, gonna really? remember it at oh, some point. Yeah, the Radford uh, Driving School. That's where you're gonna go. Um, well, deliveries begin early this year, so like I said, hurry to your uh, Dodge dealer to check it out. And you know that Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So like we said, hurry to your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule a test drive. I wonder if that Porsche Cup car is going to be a little more balanced than the 935 and be a little like a little less tail happy. I would imagine they worked it out a little better on that car. Well, certainly the difference between 79 and 2000, 1979 and 2000, yeah. uh, it would, would make a bit of a difference. Um, the questions we don't know on that car, obviously it's a modern, more, much more modern six-speed, six-speed transmission, mm-hmm. I think it's said. We don't know how it's geared up. We know that Newman raced it at uh, Road Atlanta, right? Petit Le Mans in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you recall how big that track is? I recall it being a pretty fast track. Oh, Road Atlanta is big and fast. Yeah, yeah. right. So, oh, yeah. They so, got a straightaway that's a long-ass straightaway, uh, maybe one of the longest out here. I mean, I, I don't know how it's geared up if if it's going to – when you get to the one-mile lots of tight turns on Horse Thief at uh, Willow – uh, if the car is going to move at all, at all, it'll be interesting to to see. I, I I don't know if you've had a chance to even take it around the block, and I think the guys were still working on it, right? No, yeah, I haven't. I mean, you gotta, you might have to drop it into first on some corners. I bet. Which, uh, yeah, never, never a pleasure. It always just feels weird <laughs> it dropping feel it into, yeah. into first, but there but may, if it's may not, be some of that. If it's not getting the RPM out of it, when you're in first at that low speeds, it might not feel too weird because it would be like, oh, I'm at 2,200 RPM and we got to yeah. you know, get out of it. Uh, you know, It'll be kind of interesting. And I don't know how the competitor car is going to be geared up, but obviously very, very different than than what you are bringing. I'm curious what that cup car weighs. Max Zapata, you got to... Google in uh, Porsche 2000 GT. GT3. Is it GT3? Yeah. 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 GT3 A 2000 cup GT3 car. cup car. Wait. Wait. And See, uh, uh, find out what the, What do you think that thing weighs? It's 2,500. That, I feel 23. like that's, that's too light, I think, really? for that car. I, I think it's going to be fairly... Uh, lightweight. I'm, I, I feel like it's 2,500. I'm... I'm I'm Probably going not. above. I, I, it's got a lot of tube frame in there. I mean, it's got a lot of cage in there. 
German cars, not always the lightest. It's not a small car per se. Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah, a 510 or, or something. I'm going to go more in the 2900 uh, yeah. range than the 2500 range. But Max Zapata will... Uh, I'll let you know when I find it. Settle it when, <laughs> okay. he, when he's he eating finds bacon. it. I think he's eating bacon. Yeah, he's eating. <laughs> Let's don't bother him when he's eating. <laughs> I, I found out that the the tank holds 16.9 gallons, so that, that much I know. Okay. The well, engine, still not sure. Maybe a tick over 400 horsepower. But yes. at 8,400 RPM, that's a pretty high revving so Porsche I, engine. I went back and looked at some of the previous auctions because uh, it sold at Meekum to you. And then previously, it was at uh, RM. Mm-hmm. And the the bullet points on that car were, it said 400 horsepower or, mm-hmm. or like 400 plus right. uh, ho- horsepower, which sounds sounds about right. Yeah. Naturally aspirated. Mm-hmm. Three point. Seven, six? I don't know. I, don't uh, know. I really don't know. <laughs> All right, Max, about uh, time's up. It's got to be up there. 2,998 pounds. Right wow, you'd be right on. 2,999. So it's, it's 3,000 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, I wish it was 23 or 25. Yeah, it, that does seem heavy. To me, that seems heavy. You know, it's, I don't, is that uh, fully fueled? It doesn't or does it say. say it doesn't, doesn't, say. doesn't say dry. No, no. no normally they normally they'll say dry. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, maybe a little less in the in the in the racing car world. Uh, oh, the, yeah, yeah. They don't do they don't do the dry. It's not much. like a standard to to say. You know. Yeah, I don't know, it'd be kind of interesting. Um, I would could throw it under some scales and you know throw it on top of some scales and see. see I don't. Does, I but. just. Uh, I. I I just think you oh, yeah. were. I have curb weight without curb drive. weight. Curb weight. Curb weight is. Oh, I just lost. Well, it's it. always oh, it's all curb weight. Twenty fourth or two thousand four hundred forty seven. Yeah, now it's feeling a little bit more what? like. Wait, what's what was the other number you this found? Is, this is from a blog. This is from supercars dot net. The other one was from Wikipedia, so I don't know oh, which one is uh, which one is correct. I would go. You with literally the gave my number and Adam's number, so now there's no, well, there's no they, winner. They here. obviously use U.S. sources when they, <laughs> when they posted these articles here. Well, the curb weight at 24, whatever. Unless I've never been happier to be wrong. I, I pray I'm wrong. I'd Look, love I'm, to shave 500 believe, pounds off that car. I believe the supercars.net one because it actually shows a picture of your car right next to the curb weight. So and 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 the auction sales history. So I have 2,447. Oh, so. Um. Not just a GT3. You're saying the Newman GT3. The Newman GT3. Yeah, yeah is right. Which is just a GT3. Yeah, I mean but, cup but car. But for some reason the the GT3 and the yeah. But if a, they use that as the yeah. reference, so Wiki that's, could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. anytime. All so. right. Oh, good. Well, they just picked. Uh, I mean, they probably just picked a picture of a popular probably, GT3 yeah, sure. and put it next to the curb weight. But that's the curb weight. Uh, there's no difference between weight and curb weight, is there? Well, I don't think so. I don't think there should be. But there. Well, Evidently, Wiki has uh, different thoughts. All right, but curb weight just means weight, or maybe it means weight fully. Maybe yeah, there's dry weight, dry weight. And maybe curb, curb weight. weight is dry is the opposite of or not the opposite, but different than dry weight. Let's see if we can figure out the definition of curb weight, Max Pan. So, curb weight is the weight of your vehicle with all the standard equipment and amenities. However, this weight does not include any cargo or passengers. 
Expat is trying to eat his home fries. <laughs> miserable. You call, you're, you're calling. I know. That's a, the only reason why we're asking the you questions Norm, at this Norm's point. Norm's truck came your by and dropped off a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of breakfast. Yeah, but it's essentially the weight of your vehicle while it's resting on the curb and not in use. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so be. that would be with fluids. Resting on the curb means it's got oil and transmission fluid and whatever. Yeah. So if you're 2,500 pounds, let's say maybe not a full tank of gas. All if right. you're at 2,500 pounds with, I don't know, half a tank, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not bad. No, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I, I'm happy to be wrong about that. It's lighter than I would have thought. All right, let me hit uh, Geico. Do you own, do you rent your home? Well, sure, you do one or the other, right? And I bet you work hard. So I'll tell you what, Geico's going to do something that makes it easy on you. You can bundle your policies. You can take your homeowners, your renter's insurance, along with your auto policy. And uh, it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do already. So bundle those up. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. Geico makes it Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today and get your bundle on at geico.com. All right, I'm going to be uh, in Nashville at Zany's doing a live podcast April uh, 14th, and then uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, Skyline Comedy Club, and then uh, Golden, Colorado. Just go to adamcrolla.com and find out when I'm coming to a town near you, and uh, check out our Pluto station, 585. We've got a lot of Adam Carolla goes racing and lots of good stuff up there to look at. Matt? What do you got? Yeah, to follow me at uh, Motorator, and I'll keep posting some uh, some fun stuff. Oh, I've got uh, I've got a month of Audis to drive, mm. and the good ones. I got RS seven, RS six, RS Q eight, and more. I got uh, I think all through April. It's gonna be a month of Audis, Audi month. <laughs> so, till next time, Adam Carolla for Matt the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com. Hey, movie lovers. Who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts. Ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device.